Welcome back to If I Only Knew. I wanted to welcome everybody to the podcast where we spelunk into the gap between the generations and surface through the crevice with a better understanding. Welcome to my resplendent co-host, the ever-popular Matt. How are you today, mate? I'm doing great, Fred. Good to be here with you once again. Matt, we're about to talk today about a digital medium and global phenomenon that has swept the world. No, I'm not talking about this podcast. I know you could be (laughs) forgiven for believing it's self-referential. But it's about the concept of these global streaming services and television that literally captivates the four corners of the developed world. Now, there are there are shows out there that have done this time and time again and platforms predominantly netflix that have this capacity to put content out to people that surpasses borders and age and becomes part of the zeitgeist now at the moment there's a show and we refer to it here as the show that will not be named because everybody in the world is talking about it. Matt and I have made a stance that we are not going to podcast about this specific show. I'll give you a hint for the Italian-Australian community out there. It refers to something similar to calamari, and that's where we're going to leave it again. (laughs) It's our code word for the show that will not be named calamari. But it's safe to say that this streaming platform, Netflix in particular, time and again puts content out there, and I believe that calamari itself has been viewed more than any other show in the shortest period of time out there. Matt, why does this happen? Mm. Is this good marketing? Because it certainly can't all be about good TV. That's right. Like, surely, no matter how great some of these TV shows are, surely it's not purely on their merit. It's something about this, like, cultural machine that continues to perpetuate interest in them uh, and really gets everyone on board that train. I think it's interesting. Some examples might be something like Game of Thrones or something even like maybe the Harry Potters way back when as the very beginnings of this kind of phenomenon, I think. And a big part of it, I think, is that people now have such easy access to watching these things because streaming services are so popular. It's not too hard to just sit down in your couch one night and start watching a show. And I think once you start watching these shows, they are very good at drawing you back in. Um, I imagine it would be a lot harder to go and watch a movie at this kind of rate because you've got to pay you know 20 bucks for one movie or whatever it is you've got to get out of the house it takes a whole three hours out of your day it's like a much bigger commitment to begin with i think low barrier to entry is one of the real advantages for these streaming services and it's one of the things that really skyrockets i think the kind of access across the globe because you know you need a low barrier to entry if you don't have a cinema in your town a big part of it for me is this this low barrier of entry that streaming services offer in this place so it's interesting because you just touched on a few things there that i hadn't thought about but make a lot of sense in the topic firstly it's about the idea that streaming services allow you to pick up the entertainment if and when you choose to and when you choose to as you said going to a movie is a really big investment in time turning on your laptop or the app on your television or on your phone and grabbing a 15 or 20 minute episode of something that's new and novel is really powerful. What I'm interested in though is how this wildfire of popularity Hmm. starts and captivates people. You used a great example there, which is Game of Thrones. I knew Game of Thrones had crossed over from sword and sorcery fans to the mainstream when my wife 
was finally convinced to watch it and she despises anything that's not made in the modern day. She'll turn off anything that has a sword in it. <laughs> she despises the concept of a dragon. She's mm. a real pragmatist, but it crossed over. Was it the quality of the content or was it the power of the marketing? But well, what do you think, Matt? And does lightning strike like that more than once? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think there's no taking away from the quality of these things. They wouldn't explode if they weren't excellent. But is it possible that the quality of anything can warrant that huge global phenomenon? I think, to my mind, it's the way that these shows militarize the notion of missing out. And now I might be wrong about this because I haven't thought forever about it but i think something about game of thrones is the fact that once a few people get into it and they start really talking passionately about it then it feels like their friends start getting into it and then everyone is starting to see like oh this must be good i must be missing out and then it keeps going and it keeps going there's a certain point where i think media reaches that critical mass of everyone's talking about it i'm missing out now to get to that stage you need excellent quality in the first place you also need other kinds of excellent marketing to get there in the first place but once you get there and to me that's kind of the the caliber of media that we're talking about once you get to that point of militarized fear of missing out i think that's how you like cascade across the globe sort of thing what a great concept that's the insight that i've come to really really value doing this podcast with you i think one of the aspects of that is that and and i'm keen for your opinion on this once that sort of saturation point of fear of missing out hits does the streaming service because this isn't traditional tv where you got to tune in at 8 30 on monday night to see who shot jr Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Do you understand that reference? No. I didn't think you would. Or or the the final episode of MASH Goodbye, Farewell and Amen that was up until recently one of the most watched things that had ever been broadcast. The issue with the streaming services is they have algorithms, Mm. right? Mm. So if I didn't want to watch Calamari on Netflix, which I don't, and I have now set myself a task to never do, (laughs) good luck in trying to ignore it because it's force-fed to me every time I log on. Do you think that that weaponized FOMO, as you've talked about, is also supported by the algorithm? It has to be. It has to be because it keeps being brought up in your face, right? And, you know, maybe you were at work that week and and you heard everyone talking about it, but then you get home, you're bored or it's time to make dinner or you want to go do something else or watch a different show and you open up Netflix and there it is. It's right in front of you. And suddenly you're reminded, oh, they they were all talking about that. I want to participate in the office conversation next week. I'm going to watch it now. I think those algorithms do a great job not necessarily of getting you in if you're already cold on it, because I think if you've just got no idea the photo or the name they're showing you, you're not going to click on it. But I think if it's in the back of your mind and you weren't going to watch it, but then it pops up and you see it, that's the point where it might be a really big deal of like bringing it back into your mind. Yeah. The power of this medium is so strong. And the best example I can think of from recent memory before Calamari was uh, Australia's own Hannah Gatsby and her Netflix comedy special that literally raised her profile throughout the world. She at one point was recognized as probably the a comedian of probably two years ago, uh, Matt, but she was everywhere globally. Now, in fairness to Hannah, 
the special itself was very unique for a comedian and really powerful and exceptional. If you haven't seen it, jump onto it. But it allowed what would have been, and Hannah Gatsby's been on television in Australia for years, but she transcended a level of fame and notoriety. To Netflix's credit, it was the fact that the quality of the content must have hit some magic number where it started to, the algorithm started to promote it. And when the algorithm promotes it, people start to see it in places like the US Mm. and people start to talk about it. More importantly, the media writes about it and it whips up this wildfire of FOMO that you've talked about that I love. Do you think the opposite holds true for good shows that don't necessarily... I think there are much better concepts and much better shows on Netflix than Calamari. Mm. But maybe they're too niche or they don't get their time in the sun. You know, is it like lightning in a bottle or a lotto win or is there something more complex to it? Yeah, I mean, the idea of like going viral has been around with the internet for a long time. And I wonder if that's one way to think about this, where, you know, you can have the perfect equation and you still won't go viral with your yeah. media. Like, I think that's a, a pretty well-known idea. Um, I think there's probably a few elements of what you what I think you need for this to start is uh, something of a dedicated fan base perhaps so if we look at Calamari or we look at Game of Thrones they're genres of like thriller horror or fantasy high fantasy stuff that kind of have a following that would watch them anyway to some extent and so if we're taking Game of Thrones, you've got the people who read the books, people who love this genre, that kind of stuff. They watch it. They give it enough attention that it's talked about by the media and those communities and those circles. And then people that are like observing it on those communities, you know, hunting for the next big scoop, looking for the next story, are able to pick up on that hype in this community and go, well, maybe it would be good outside of that community. And so I think for me, it is very much lightning in a bottle, lotto win. But it's also, you've got to have... A foundation first for that to happen and so i think that there, there'd be plenty of things that fit that niche without going viral but for me that's one of the the key points of this so something like calamari in it's in the fact it kind of was really popular in south korea in the first place and then spread out as i understand it yeah. really helped with that sowing that seed for that fear of missing out i think yeah, yeah. The- there's no doubt that I suspect the streaming services are all looking for that lightning in a bottle. That makes sense. It's good business sense. Paramount Plus is using the Star Trek franchises mm. and a, a reboot of Dexter to hit the Australian market really hard, as well as some Australian content. Apple launched their streaming services with probably, in my opinion, one of the best shows I've seen in my life, which is uh, Ted Lasso. Right. Um, that show defies logic. I don't know if you've seen it. If you haven't, jump onto it straight away Mm. if a streaming service was launching today Mm. and they came to matt and fred and said you two are unique talents (laughs) okay we want a lightning in a bottle show that you two write produce direct and star in what's our concept matt that's a hell of a tough question fred but i think i want to give you something like a spiritual successor to one of your favorite shows the sopranos that i think would have a following behind it already and would appeal to people that own tvs own streaming services are already on these platforms and already a potential audience and then you try and bring it into the modern world and give some kind of like pseudo message to it something like game of thrones is you know set in a fantasy setting it's crazy and wacko or whatever but the characters are extremely compelling and extremely relatable something like calamari is insane and bloodthirsty and and 
gory or whatever, but it at least attempts to make, as I understand, uh, a bit of a political commentary on things. And people have been quite drawn to that idea of I'm, I'm getting an insight into be humanity by the characters or society through these wider themes. And I think that that's something that does attract people's attention. I contrast that with something I've wanted to bring up in this podcast, which is the movie by James Cameron, Avatar, the highest grossing movie of all time still, yet it has had no cultural impact on our zeitgeist. I would argue, can you name one character from Avatar? I can't. Can you name one quote from Avatar? I can't. And I think reflecting on that, it's like, well, there was a lot of business success out of that. And, you know, I'm sure James Cameron was over the moon by that and, and the whole studio and everything. But if you're looking for this more lightning in a bottle viral sensation i think it needs to have a little bit more of a a message that people can feel connected to beyond the kind of cowboys and indians genre put into space that avatar seemed to basically be about and so i think that that's my thoughts is reimagining of something old that already has a bit of a supporter base bring it into the modern world give it a bit of um a bit of soul for people to connect to and you'd probably hire a famous actor or two to really promote it I've got two concepts for you, my friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm keen. I think they're both lightning in a bottle. I'm keen. Okay. The first is a simple one. Low budget, high value, Matt and Fred exploring some of the most haunted places on the globe. <laughs> Handheld cameras, Blair Witch Project. Most of the time, you carrying me out in the fetal position. Sounds good. Whenever there's weird shit going on and me complaining that we're not burning down famous landmarks. <laughs> Refer to our horror episode for those that don't quite get that reference. If the Netflix people are out there and they're, they're looking for their next lightning in a bottle, I'm telling you the star quality of my co-host <laughs> with my strategic approach but I think one of the things that we end this bit of fun on, I'll leave you all as our listeners with this question. Are we consuming the entertainment and convincing ourselves it's good because of weaponized FOMO or is it the quality of the content that's drawing us in? I have my theories. I'm sure Matt has his. We encourage you to make up your own decisions. Matt, another great episode. Thank you. Yeah, very interesting. Good good topic. Good thought. It's a great one. The wildfire of uh, global media at the moment. Mm-hmm. We've been a bit digital today in our focus. Folks, we'll see you again on If I Only Knew. Thanks very much, guys. See you soon. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better Pod Group production with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer Matt Blanche, the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is this podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bed Pod Group Productions and tune in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.